0: Praise the Lord. If you're going to sing, stay right there with him. I'll hold him. I don't mind holding him. Praise the Lord. You know, the last couple weeks we've heard it, somebody's mentioned it, you know, to praise God, to keep on praising the Lord. No matter how you feel, what you're going through, I like what what Luca said, you know, there's something, something's about to happen. You can feel it. A breakthrough's coming when you're being pressured, when you're feeling it coming from this direction, that direction, like, Lord, what... What's going on? How much longer? I mean, how much more can I take? And the Lord says, just hold on. Just keep on trusting me and you keep pressing on. I'm going to do something. Amen. I'm telling you, He's going to do something. The devil ain't in charge. Jesus is in charge. And you got to understand that. So we got to praise Him no matter what's going on. It ain't time to back up. It ain't time to sit down. It ain't time to quit. It's time to press forward amen press forward lord i believe the lord spoke that to me the other day my own self i was not complaining maybe sometimes i do i don't know i don't even know it but you know about things and about this or that going on And the lord's just like he just said just press through press through and he reminded me of a few months back when i told you about that issue i had with that car i was working on in that shop when i got hit with the air hose in the head and everything and i Raise a car up and down about 20 times trying to fix the gas tank. And and I was so tired, exhausted, worn out. Every time I'd raise it up and, and let it down, I'd think, I'm done. I'm not fooling with this anymore. Forget it. I'm done. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, keep trying. Keep trying until finally there it came and got it done. Amen. Keep trying and keep pressing because you're going to make it because you got the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to take up the offering tonight. Good to see everybody, and we're glad that you're here. It may sound a little stuffy or something. We got this sign of stuff going on, but it's going to get out one way or the other. Maybe we can preach it out or something. But I'm glad to be here tonight and glad that I'm saved. Amen. Even though the nose is stuffy, I'm saved. Amen. Even though you got M, but you're saved. And you're on your way to heaven, praise God. And I like the song, said, I'm on my way to heaven and I'm so glad and the devil can't do me no harm. He can't stop me going to heaven. He can't stop the trumpet from sounding. He can't stop the rapture. He can't stop it. That's why he tries to hinder us while we're here, but he can't stop it. Amen. So we're going to praise the Lord tonight in our giving. And thank you to those you watching online that are helping us. We ask you to continue to help us if you can and to give for missions work for next year trips that we'll be trying to plan to get back out of here and go and fly on the plane and go preach to people that need to hear the gospel amen so pray for us and that the lord will open the doors don't forget what we're doing here out back the church building we're raising money to build a new sanctuary and i hope you're still enthusiastic about it because it's going to happen it's going to happen. I hope you believe it. It's going to happen. Well, it don't look good. It's going to happen. When's it going to start? It's going to happen. How are we going to get the money? It's going to happen. <laughs> With God, the Lord never asks you to do something you can do, does he? He had never asked me to do something that I could just do. He's always asked me to do something that takes faith to do it. Because then you see how he does it. And you got to have his help, and then who gets the glory? He gets the glory. And now, if he, you had all the ability to do it, and he said do it, and you just did it, you'd be saying, "Look, mm, see what I did? He said, no, you ain't going to do that. I'm going to do this in a way that's going to show everybody that I'm the one doing it. Amen? So give tonight and bless the work of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to have your way tonight. We ask you to touch us Lord we ask you to speak to us we ask you to bless the givers tonight those that are watching online Lord those who will watch Lord we pray that you bless them Lord for their faithfulness and helping us to do what you have called us to do and Lord I just sense it Lord in my spirit what Lucas said Lord that there's something about to happen There is a breakthrough coming, Lord. I just feel it, Lord. And, Lord, I know you're up to something big, God. Lord, help us to praise you. Help us to believe you. Help us to press on. Help us not to back up. Help us not to sit down. Help us not to shut up, but help us to go forward, Lord. And to trust you, Father, Lord, we're not going to die in a wilderness. We're going into Canaan land. We're going to heaven. We're on our way to glory, Lord. And the devil is not going to stop us, Lord, by the power of your spirit, God. Move in this place tonight. Touch everybody that came tonight and bless them for coming in Jesus' name.
1: It's hard to see it now You feel you're walking all alone But he is there, no doubt And when the storm around you rages And you're tossed to and fro When you're faced with life's decisions Not sure which way to go Stand still and let kinda move stand is swiftly rising and you wonder where he's been friend there never was a moment that his arms weren't reaching out you can rest assured be secure God is moving and he My help comes from I look to You, my rock, my healer. I trust in You. to you my rock, my healer I trust in you I learn to
0: Jesus is still the healer, amen, Amen. good to see everybody this cool Wednesday night, Robert, you shed your winter coat, didn't you, I was about to start calling you mountain man, (laughs) praise the Lord, it's good to see you though tonight, good to see everybody, everybody ready for Christmas, ain't you, ready to get through it, (laughs) get through it and over it, see this year has gone by fast, hasn't it? like, wow, gone quick, just one one step closer to heaven, amen, one step closer to meeting the Lord Jesus Christ, every year that goes by, you're closer to being with Jesus, we're going to go back to the book of Colossians tonight, chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, i going to start reading at verse 8. Are you there? I don't hear any pages turning. Y'all are really good. Y'all draw them guns fast, don't you? Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, And not after Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Which is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Let me read another verse, buried with him in baptism wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Let's pray, Lord we come to you in the name of Jesus, we ask you to have your way tonight, we ask you to open your word, we ask you to touch our bodies, Lord we all in here have ailments tonight, Lord, but you're still the healer. You're still God, you're still in control, Lord, and whether we're healed or not, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we're going to serve you, Lord, so we just ask you to have your way tonight, we ask you to touch every person watching through the internet, those who need a touch in their physical bodies, Lord, who need healing in that body, the blood of Jesus still provides healing for those sick bodies. And, Lord, we pray tonight, God, that you would touch people, that you would speak to them, that you would bless them, that even in their weakness, Lord, that they would be made strong and understand and grow in grace more and more and learn your word like never before. Help us, Lord, to press closer to you, to learn your word, and to tell others about what you have done in our life. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul, again, as he does in many of his epistles, is giving a warning here and correcting some wrong directions that were taken in this church here. You know, a lot of people today, they don't like to hear about correction. Christians, Christians, I don't understand a Christian who has a hard time receiving correction. The Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And, you know, sometimes he corrects us, and and he does it in different ways. I mean, he does it through the word. He does it through maybe prayer, maybe, you know, just in your private time, reading the Bible prayer, doing something, and and you see something, the Lord touches you, he shows you something that you could not quite aware of, maybe that you did, and he does it to bring correction, not to chastise and to harm you, but to change you, to touch you, to... Give you a different outlook on it, and you know the Word of God you never i 've been reading the Bible since I got saved twenty four years ago, and I, st- I still read it every day and I try to study it and i've not got i've not gotten to the place in twenty four years to where I can say i, I got it, i understand it all now and i i don't oh i 've read the book of Colossians many times, and we don 't need to preach on this i 've studied this and i've i 've read this and there's no need in talking about this, no. The Word of God is inexhaustible. You can always learn something from it. And whatever I can tell you this, from whatever was taking place back then 2,000 years ago is taking place even now in our day and time, just in, in different methods and strategies that the devil has, but he's still doing the same old thing. He's trying to deceive people. He still and and it's the 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 way he does it is not the way most people think. Most people picture the devil as a the devil with the red horns and a pitchfork, and he's got a tail, you know, and red suit on. That ain't really a description of the devil. The devil was one of the most beautiful angels that was ever created when he was created in his beauty, and he he appeals to people just like he did in the Garden of Eden when he caused Adam and Eve to fall he appealed to her he appealed to her flesh he appealed to her and he twisted the word of god to try to get them and he he succeeded to go against god's word he twisted he deceived her with the word that god intended to use to give life to them but he used it to bring about death and as you know he's still he's been doing the same thing ever since and his greatest tool, his greatest tool today of misleading Christians is through people who are supposed to be preachers of the gospel. False teachers. People preaching damnable doctrines. Preaching stuff that's not in the word of God. Tet- telling people, it doesn't matter who it is, if if they preach to you, Paul said in Galatians, if any man preach any other gospel than that which I preach to you, let him be accursed. That's strong. But you see, he he understood and understands that if you turn away from the true gospel, Jesus Christ And what he did on the cross, you will fall into sin. You will go into a form. you You can go in to past sins. You can go in to things that God brought you out of. Because it's through the cross of Jesus Christ that we have the power and we have the victory over the power of sin because Jesus broke that power in us when we gave our life to him. And we didn't know that then, but you got to learn. At some point in time, we got to learn about what has happened in us. And it happened because we gave our life to him and we surrendered to him and through what he did at Calvary, He broke the power of sin and that's why we don't do some of the things we used to do. That's why we stop cussing. That's why we stop drinking. That's why we stop running the bars. That's why we stop hanging out with people we shouldn't be hanging out with. That's why our lives changed because we gave our life to Jesus. He broke the power. Now you got a new nature so you can't hang out with the old crowd. You can't. You don't want to. It's not I'm better than you know. It's you don't want to. You've been brought out of that lifestyle and you're going in another direction. Supposed to be. And the reason you are is all because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Because he didn't just die to save us. He died to deliver us and keep us free from the bondages of the flesh. And if the Christian is not taught this, if we're not taught this, we're going to put our faith in something else. I know because I did it in the early years. I did it. Because I didn't know this. Nobody taught me this. It was a year and a half or so. You've heard us say before we got got exposed to the truth of the gospel. And we wandered around here, wandered there, listen to this and listen to that. and, And we loved the Lord. We were saved and we were set free from a lot of things. But we were still being plagued by a lot of stuff still left in us that we didn't know how to get over. And so I thought the way to get over it was to, you know, pray more. I need to pray more. I'm not praying enough. And if that didn't work, well, read the Bible more. You need to read more. And see, all that is concluded as works. And the Bible says, no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. No man is justified by his works. My works don't keep me free from sin. My works are a result of my relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't come first. Relationship with Him comes first. The works follow. And and I didn't understand that all I was doing was making my problems worse because that's what law does. It agitates the flesh. You don't get better when you're living under law. You get worse. The thing you're struggling with, according to Romans chapter 7, if you study... Paul himself had an issue and he didn't get better, he got worse. He said the the more he tried, the worse he got. His willpower would not Give him the victory over the flesh in his life. The, the thing he said: "The thing I hate, I find myself doing. That which I don't want to do, I do." Oh, wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he said, "I thank God. The Lord gave me the answer. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God gave him the answer, and He's given us the answer." But you see, you've got to hold on to this truth Look, and daily believe it. Daily trust in it because the flesh is coming, the devil is coming, false religion is coming, people on the job are coming, people in the family are coming. Somebody is coming to try to move you, to try to move your faith. And when we do, we start slipping. We start, we start failing. We start doing things we shouldn't do, and then if, if we don't know how to get the victory over it, we'll do what I did. We'll try this and this and this and this. We'll try that program, that program, that fasting, that three days, this 10 days, this 40 days, only to find out none of it works. My wife made a post, I think it was yesterday on Facebook, something something along the lines, said you can't medicate spiritual problems. You can't. Spiritual problems are spiritual. And there's no medication, there's no drug that's going to fix your problem. Only the power of God. Only the Holy Spirit. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, the Bible said. That's a relationship with Jesus. You got to keep that. Because, look, how many of you, we tried it. You tried drinking your problems away. You tried popping the pills to get you. And what you do? And it's just a never-ending cycle. You, do, you, you wind up in this cycle over and over and over and over. But man, when you met Jesus, when you got saved, when you surrendered your life to him, things start changing because it's God's power, not us. I'm not totally against a program or people who have programs, I'm against people teaching people to trust in a program. That's what I'm against because if you trust in a program, you're bypassing the blood of Jesus Christ. You're putting your trust in a man Come on somebody, if you put your trust in I don't care who it is, you put your trust in the fact that you're in that program and, and you pray so much and, and you read so much and you get up earlier than everybody else and, and you do this and you do that, do you realize what you're doing? You're putting yourself under law. And how many men in these groups today in these homes, they're right in that they're right in the middle of that and so many of them are failing over and over and over and over. This program to this program to this program. I know people. I've met people. I, I I didn't go through them. I didn't. Thank God, the Lord delivered me from all that. I didn't have to go through them. It was suggested. You know, before I got saved, all of my issues and my anger problem and my alcohol and, and things. And, you know, you, you ought to go to a counselor. You need to sit down and talk with somebody. You ain't going to talk the devil out of nobody. <laughs> Jesus got to break that power. <laughs> I, never, I was never a fan of it before I got saved. And when I got saved and I started learning how to live right and how how that these bondages of the flesh have been dropped off me, how to keep them off, when I see somebody telling men or women, you come here and you be a part of this and you do this, and some of them might mean, well, they may be really trying to help somebody, but if they're not pointing them to the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ, they're not going to get victory, they're not going to be able to keep it. People can get saved anywhere. You can get saved anywhere, But keeping your victory is something else. And I'm convinced a lot of people, they get saved in in a program, people that come to the end of their road. I mean, people out of jail, people that have been in prison, people been on drugs, and at the end of their road, somehow they end up in a program where somebody's there preaching Jesus Christ and somebody can truly get saved. But if they don't go on to teach them, how to be sanctified, how to go on to be changed and point them to Jesus and what he did, not the program, those people will start failing. They'll start struggling and then they'll start losing their way. Eventually, how long? I don't know how long, but if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, if you don't keep your trust in him alone, nothing else, what he did, you'll start slipping, you'll start failing, you'll start falling because we've all done it. So we're here, I'm here to preach to you, Jesus, and get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work in you. I don't want no credit for nothing done in your life because it ain't me doing it. If you get touched or you get set free or you get... Saved or God moves through the preaching of the gospel. Praise God. That's what we're here. That's what we're supposed to do. But if something happens, it ain't because I did it. It's because the Holy Ghost did it. Come on, y'all. It ain't because of the preacher. It's because the power of God does it. Men want you to look to them as though there's some kind of little God. No, they ain't. God is God. Jesus is Lord. And if you're going to get anything done, it's got to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. We plant, one plants, one waters. It ain't about who does the planting, who does the watering, who's the greatest preacher, who's the greatest teacher, who's the best this. It's about the one who gives the increase. If we're all doing our job right, we won't be fussing about who's doing what. We won't be fussed about who's the greatest and who preaches the best and who's the best teacher and who knows more. We, we will throw that mess out the door because it's about what God does in people's hearts. When Paul wrote this again, he wrote this to a, a young church, I believe, that was struggling because Satan had come through false doctrine and he started trying to pull the people away from the truth. Anywhere you got a true move of God, the devil's going to come. Anywhere the truth is being preached, expect Satan to show up. Anytime God is moving great in your life, expect the old evil one, my mama caught him old slew foot, to show up. And how did he do it? He did it through false teaching, through these Gnostics, these some of these men who claimed that they had a higher revelation of the Word of God than these ordinary people, these Jesus people. And so they had had many different things that they were teaching, and I'll get into some of them uh, as we go on. But I want to go back to verse 8, and I want to read it. I'm going to break down some words for you tonight, some definitions to help you to understand. Paul said again, Beware lest any man, any man, spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Beware. The word beware means to be able to see. It speaks of discernment. I'm amazed at times that Christians who have no discernment, who, who just can't plainly see that something in front of them is absolutely unbiblical and wrong, totally contrary to the Word of God. And the reason that is is because they don't have discernment. They're not practicing the Word. They're not putting into practice what they're learning. They're not judging what they hear. Now, we don't run around judging everybody, trying to condemn everybody. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I ain't ain't no Holy Spirit secret agent down here running around trying to straighten everybody out and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But there are a lot of people wrong. And you've got to know that. There are a lot of people that are wrong. But you got to have the discernment. You got, discernment is the ability to see. It means to perceive with the eyes to understand. The only way that we can probably understand what somebody is saying is you got to know this. You've got to have the Holy Spirit in operation. But if you don't use discernment, it don't grow. If you if, if you just listen to everything anybody says and, oh, wow, that sounds great, and you don't judge it, you're not being wise. And again, you don't judge it with a critical spirit, but if somebody's preaching something that's wrong, you say, eh, I ain't listening to it. I'm not accepting that. Why? Because if it gets into my spirit and it ain't right, it'll affect how I live. Come on, y'all. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you let come into the door of your heart, belief systems, will affect how you live. It'll affect how you think. Beware. So you, it, it speaks of discernment. If you can, back there, put up Matthew 13 on the screen, 12 through 17. I'm going to use this to make a point here. <laughs> Perceive. It's, it's, the, it's the perception part of discernment understanding what it is that is being said. And Jesus says something, it it was the parable of the sower that Jesus was using to make a point here uh, from parables, Matthew 13, 12 through 17. Listen, Jesus said this, now I want you to listen to this. For whosoever has, he's talking about having, understanding the word of God. You must understand have a desire to understand the Word and understand it right. To Him shall be given. Okay, you want the truth? You really want it? You really want to follow the Lord's will for your life? You don't you, want, you don't want to swerve to the side? You don't want to listen to false doctrine? But you want to make sure that what you listen to is true and that you put it into practice in your life and that alone to Him shall be given and he shall have, look, more abundance. I want more. Listen, but whosoever has not from him shall be taken away even that he has. You know what that says? If we reject the truth, we not only lose what we could have, we can lose what we do have. If we reject the cross of Jesus Christ as a sole means of salvation and sanctification, we, my friend, can lose what we have. Because it's through him that we have everything. The next verse says this thirteen. Therefore speak I to them in parables because they see and they see not. And hearing they hear not. You know, parables were given for the purpose of drawing the people out to to dr- get people to draw. In other words, the parable Jesus would tell a parable in hopes of that the people would say, "What does this mean? How, wait, well, how do we understand this? Tell me what this means, Lord. Help me to understand this. Instead of, oh well, I don't need to hear that. I already know all that." I've read that book. I've read that chapter. Hmm. You see, the Word of God should draw us in. Not understanding it really should help us to want to understand it. Seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. And he's talking about the religious people of his day here. But listen to this, verse fourteen. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which said by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. Next verse. For this people's heart is waxed gross. Now this is the religious leaders of Jesus' day. This people's heart is waxed gross and their eye, their ears are dull of hearing. What type of atmosphere do we have in the church world today? This church ought to be packed tonight because the truth is here. If any church where the truth of the gospel, listen, ought to be packed with people who are desiring to hear the truth. You don't lose your desire for truth. He said, their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have... And I understand there's some people out tonight that's sick whatever. I ain't pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying, as a whole, this church ought to be packed. There's enough people in this town... The, I, there's people in this town who call the radio station, give offerings, da da. live 10, 20 minutes away from this church who say they want the truth, and every one of them ought to be here tonight because the same truth is preached right here, just not their favorite preacher. It about your favorite preacher. It's about the truth. Listen, they ha- their eyes, they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes people have purposely closed their eyes to the truth sitting right in church. There's nothing worse as a pastor and preacher to see somebody that you know is going down, they're hurting, they're struggling, the devil is destroying them, their life is a wreck. And you do everything you can to help them, to tell them, look, there's a way through it, there's a way out, there's a way to get victory over this, and they just close their ears to the truth. That's a sad sight. Knowing that you got something that can change somebody's life. Nah, I'd rather go over here. I'd rather go there. You're not hungry enough for truth. Maybe you don't really want to be free. Maybe you like where you're at. But you see, everybody ain't comfortable with being in bondage. Everybody, the false religion is the biggest killer in the church. It deceives people. He said they see with their eyes, they hear with their ears, and they should understand with their heart. You see, understanding comes from the spirit man. And they should be converted, and I should heal them. Two more verses, 16 and 17. But blessed are your eyes. We say that about us tonight, can't we? Blessed are your eyes. Now, Jesus is telling them they're blessed. You know why? He said, For they see, and your ears, for they hear. Why? Because they were looking at and accepting the very one that the Bible was pointing them to, Jesus Christ. Next verse. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see. He's telling them The prophets of old, many of them prophesied and they preached about me and my coming. And look here in front of you. That's what he's telling them. Desire to see those things and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you're hearing and have not heard them. He was telling the ones that were receiving what he was saying, You're blessed. But for those who rejected him, you're cursed. You're blind. You can't see where you're going. You may think you're spiritual, but you're living in darkness. Anytime you reject the gospel, you reject the truth, you don't get better, you get worse. And this was the condition of Israel at that day, and it's the condition of a lot of the church world today. People are blind because the truth will open your eyes to the error. It'll show the closer you get to the Lord, the more you understand the truth, the more false doctrine will stand out. The more, when you hear something that ain't right, that little tugging down in your soul that checks you says There's, that's not right. There's something not right about that. You need to pay attention to that rather than just open up, oh, that sounds great. It may sound good, but is it biblical? Is it is it in the right context? Is it the word of God? Jesus was warning there. So just as Paul is warning these believers here to beware of false doctrine, beware lest any man spoil you. What's the word spoil mean? Here's what it means. To make a prey of you, to strip you, to rob you, to carry away... To lead off as prey or to carry off as booty, rob, or to kidnap. You know what? We got a bunch of Christians that have been kidnapped by false doctrine. Carried off into captivity through false doctrine because they listen to something that sounds good or looks good or it's a big ministry. and Look at all the people that are listening to him. Hmm. What's he preaching? What's his doctrine? Is he teaching stuff contrary to the Word of God? Doesn't matter who he is, how big his ministry is, how many people follow him. Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in through that gate. You can't judge something by numbers. You got to judge it by the Word. Just because everybody else is on board with it and it looks popular or sounds popular doesn't mean it's right. It may be, but it may not be. To spoil means figuratively of the destructive effects of false teachers who rob believers of the complete riches available in Christ and that are revealed in the gospel. Put up 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Listen to this goes right along with what I'm trying to say here. To spoil means to take people away, false teachers who rob the believers of the complete riches available in Christ and which is revealed in the gospel. Listen to this. Paul writing to Timothy, warning of what would take place in the last days. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. That's the Holy Spirit getting straight to the point. The Holy Spirit don't play around. He don't jerk your chain. He don't make you wonder about He'll tell, he'll show you things straight up that are coming that he wants you to see. The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times. Who believes that we're in the last days? How many believe we're in the latter times? In the latter times, some shall what? Depart from the faith. Who's that? Preachers. People who started out right. People who preach the truth at one time. You can't depart from something unless you had it. So if I depart from it, it means at one time I had it. So it ain't how a person really starts, it's how they finish. You got to finish the way you started. They shall, some, some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits. Seducing. It looks really good. It sounds really good. And there's a draw behind it. There's a pull behind it because there's something in the flesh of man that really just wants to hear some of the things that are being said. You know, like some of your worded faith preachers today, their gospel is all about getting stuff. Money cometh. Name it, claim it. Blab it, grab it. Fake it till you make it. If you're sick, don't you dare say you're sick. That don't you confess that. Don't yeah, don't 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 confess reality. So if you're dying, don't go to the doctor then. Stupid. If you you got a problem, well don't worry about it. No. You do what you have to do to address the problem. And you trust God at the same time. That's real faith. Real faith, real faith does not ignore problems. Real faith doesn't try to confess everything out of the way. You're not going to be able to do that. It ain't going to work. I said to tell you, sorry to tell you, you're going to face some problems. You're going to face some devils. You're going to face some sickness. You're going to face some mountains. And you're going to learn how to receive God's grace to get you through them. That's biblical faith. Word of faith says you don't talk about stuff like that. You ignore your problems. You, you need wealth and money. Well, you just get the scriptures. You speak the scriptures. And you speak them over and over and over and over. And whatever you say, you have it. Really? <laughs> it don't work because it's a manipulation of God's word. It's a twisting of God's word. Number one, if you're going to get blessed financially, you're going to have to go to work, (laughs) get a job. That's God's economy, and he blesses his people. You're sitting down doing nothing, laying around on the couch. I'm believing God's going to give me a job, but you don't look for one. You don't try. (laughs) He's going to drop it out of heaven. No, he's not. You're going to have to get up and go. You got to try. You got to pray. You got to seek the Lord. You got to go look. And with God's help, he'll give you a good job. Amen. But but this this confession, I know we tried this when we first got saved. You've heard a story, it don't work. Michaela was supposed to be a boy. She's not. 23 years, well, 23 years later there is a boy now. <laughs> Didn't confess him though. He just came. We got our boy. Twenty-three years later, and you couldn't you couldn't convince me any any differently when we were believing for a boy. We didn't want to know what the, she was. We didn't ask the doctor. We we didn't want because we were confessing a boy. Because we were told whatever you want, you confess it. You you say it over and over and over. it's a boy. It's a boy. We're having a boy. It's a boy. We're having a boy. It's a boy. All the way to the end. Well, guess what came out? And you know, see, God has ways of showing you things. And people say, well, your faith wasn't right. No, you're, you're absolutely ignorant because you couldn't get no stronger than I was with it because I was dead dead set with it. But God says, no, that ain't my will. That's not my plan. That's not, that's not a proper interpretation of my word. You can't take a scripture here and there and try to use it to your benefit to get what you want. You let it speak to you. Let it touch you. Let it change you. And you obey what it says. And I will give you what I want for you. How about this one? Lord, give us this day our daily bread. How about, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Hmm. Your will has to, learn, has to line up with God's will. See, when you start learning how to let the Lord change you and let him line you up with what he wants for your life, you become happy about it. It's exciting. It's not boring. It's, ain't, it's not, oh, I don't want God's will. He's going to give me something I don't like. No, he's not. He'll give you exactly what he wants for you, and you'll be perfectly content with it. Isn't that what Paul said we'll do to be content with the things that we have? He said, I've learned how to be abased. I've learned how to I've learned how to I've learned how to have a little, a lot, I've learned how to live with nothing, and in every bit of it, I've learned to be content with the things that God has given me. That's what God wants for us. And at the same time. He wants you to ask him for things. He wants you to pray for things, praying in his will. Maybe there's some of you here he might make rich. I hope he does. You can pay for that building back there. But everybody's not going to be rich. Jesus didn't die to make everybody rich. He died to make us free. Free from sin, to get that greediness out of us. And the reason why so many people flock to that teaching is because that That's what's in them. They want these things. We want that money. I want that big house. I want that. And all that stuff has got to die mm-hmm. to the place to where you're, you're not seeking for any of that. You're just seeking for a relationship with Jesus. You're living your life for Him. And you're following His will. You're happy. You're content. You might only be making four or five hundred dollars a week but praise God you in God's will you're happy you're content you pay your bills you might be scraping by but you're still saved you still got joy inside compare that to let's say next week you get a million put in your bank account and then within a few weeks or a month you've lost your way I wouldn't do that. How do you know? Hmm. I wonder how many people would show up to church the next Sunday if they got a million in the bank on Wednesday. Huh. We'd have a million reasons to be out buying this, buying that, going here, going there, and be totally taken away from the Lord. You see, that stuff can destroy people, telling people that Jesus wants to make everybody wealthy and rich and all. And there are some people he will do that for, but they got to be able to handle it. Aren't you glad you didn't get everything that you asked for? Aren't you glad you didn't get everything that you, you said in the heat of the moment? Aren't you glad that. You see, when you're, bound, when you're in the word of faith stuff, you got to be bound by how you talk all the time. You got to watch your words. That's a bondage. I don't know about you, but there's been a few times I couldn't watch my words. And I said some things I shouldn't have said, and I didn't get what I said. Praise the Lord, because that ain't how it works. How many times have you been negative, and you didn't get what you said, thank God, because that's not how this works. You're a human being, and God ain't moving because doing something because of your words. He does it because of your faith. The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The next verse says this, speaking lies, I believe it is, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience, look, their conscience seared with a hot iron. That means these people have become numb to the truth of God's Word. They, their, their conscience has become hardened. And they're going to say what they want to say. They're going to try to make this say what they want it to say, not what it says. The next part of the next verse says this. Verse 3 is the last one uh, that I read. Forbidding to marry. There's a lot of your Catholics. Forbidding to marry. The Catholic Church is big on that. They forbid people to marry. And you know what they're doing? They're teaching people to go against nature. Paul said it's better to marry than to burn. Forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats. Don't eat pork. You can't eat this food. You can... Look, I ain't no Jew. Huh. Last time I checked, I'm a Gentile saved by the blood. And I ain't under any food laws. I can eat whatever my little tummy wants to eat. And God said, as long as it's covered in prayer, it's sanctified by the word of God. And I can eat it with joy because I know the truth that the meat that goes into my belly ain't got nothing to do with my soul and spirit. Praise God. But the power of God, the truth of God's word is everything for me. Abstaining from meats which God has created to be received. There it is. To be received with thanksgiving of them who believe and know the truth. So I can sit down and eat whatever I want to eat and not be condemned one second. Because I know the truth. So when somebody comes up to you with that, Brother, you don't eat that stuff. You're keeping the commandments. No. <laughs> I'm keeping Jesus. I'm keeping my faith in Him. He's made me free from all that. I'm not under the old covenant. Food laws have changed now. All that was there for a the time being, but that's no longer, that don't apply, church. I'm not a Jew. I don't live in Jerusalem. I don't offer animal sacrifices. I got a sacrifice through my Savior. If you're going to, if you're going uh, Give heed to all this Jewish stuff, then you're gonna to have to do a lot of stuff you can't do. Are you Jewish? No, I'm not Jewish, and you ain't either. We're Gentiles. Saved, grafted in, as Paul said, through the wild olive tree, by Jesus Christ. We got we got in because Israel rejected Jesus, the Jews rejected him, and God said, okay, now I'm going to send these preachers to these Gentiles who are hurting, who are lost, who are messed up and on their way to hell that are downtrodden, that are beat down and they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to open their heart and they're going to accept me and I'm going to move all over the world and say black people, white people, red people, yellow people because it ain't just for Jews, it's for the whole world. So don't let any man spoil you. Don't let any man deceive you. Don't, don't let any preacher snatch you away from the truth and make a prisoner out of you because here's what happened. If you or me or anybody, if we allow ourselves to listen to false doctrine that takes us away from the cross of Jesus Christ, this is what's going to happen. Sin is going to begin dominate in some area of our life and what happens is satan is going to take a person who was once made free captive because they're ignoring god's word ignoring god's way and he can he can take and make a prisoner out of god's people through bondages of the flesh And then when it happens, people become confused. What's going on? What, what, What did I do? You left the truth. You let somebody tell you there's another way to be made free from your sin. That's a lie. Come back to Jesus. Come back to the cross where the power of sin was broken... And you'll find your freedom will come again. You pick up where you left off. If you never knew it, you start there. Don't allow anybody to spoil you. I'm done for now. I can't go any further because I'll be here all night if I do. Don't allow anybody to spoil you. Listen, judge what you hear. Pay attention to what you read. Pay careful attention to what you hear over the radio, the music you listen to, even Christian music. It's not all wrong, but there's a lot of music. There's a lot of even so-called Christian music you can't even listen to because it's got the spirit of the world behind it. The tunes are just like the world. The beat is just like the world. The lyrics are just like the world in many ways. And all that stuff is, is a, it's a substitute for the the real. So you have to pay attention to what you hear so that you don't allow yourself to be taken away from the truth. Stand to your feet if you will. We're gonna pray in closing. Saturday morning, we got prayer meeting from nine to ten. If Any of you not doing anything and you want to come and pray with us from 9 to 10, come and pray with us. And let's believe for God to move Sunday morning at church, all right? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit. Lord, I thank you for the truth tonight that, Lord, we don't have to be deceived. We don't have to listen to lies. We don't have to follow that which is wrong. And, Lord, I pray tonight that you touch people through the Internet, If there are people tonight, Lord, that have been listening to things, that they've been curious about whether or not it's true or not, show them. And, Lord, help us all to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Help us to follow the truth so that we might stay free from the power of sin. Lord, I pray that you go with every one of us tonight as we leave. You protect us. Guide us, guard us, watch over us, and bring us back together again for the next meeting, Lord. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless all of you. See you Sunday morning. If you can't make it Saturday,
1: we hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 1030 a.m., Sunday at 530 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 630 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 423 Seven four four zero seven seven four.